the conscious parent transforming ourselves, empowering our children. We're going to read chapter seven, the challenge of a lifetime, infancy, and the terrible twos. In the dance of parent and child, we affect each other in complex ways, shaping each other and imprinting ourselves on each other's psyche. For this reason, each of the developmental stages our children grow to provide abundant space for the involvement for the involvement of both parent and child, offering us gateways to a more conscious experience of ourselves as parents. Visits to the pediatrician's office don't generally involve conversation about the inner connection between parent and child. Neither do they focus on the imperative we have as parents to become aware of our unconsciousness and how it affects our children's development much more than how early they learn to read and write or which school they attend. Even more in the shadows is the fact that just as they are physical and intellectual milestones, we want our children to attain. The, parent, the parenting journey presents us as parents with spiritual milestones we too need to attain. The emotional and spiritual significance of each stage of our child's development is often obscured by what we think of as more practical concerns such as nutrition, sleep patterns, and behavior issues. For this reason, to identify these milestones, our eyes need to be trained to look at each developmental stage in a manner that transcends the physical and cognitive. Instead, going to the heart of the matter, the spiritual relationship between parent and child. The transition to parenthood is complex, require, requiring us to surrender to an irrevocable loss of our identity as we have thus far known it. To create the internal space required to embrace the tending of a new spirit. The pillows of our old lifestyle have to crumble. Who we were before become apparent, doesn't and cannot exist with the same ferocity. Once children enter our life, their impact is indelible, and we are required to reinvent ourselves in response. If we view the various stages of our children's development, not only through the lens of how our children are progressing according to our skills or comparison with others, but as an opportunity for spiritual and emotional growth for both them and us, we begin working this path as spiritual partners, finding kinship in what each offers the other. We will look at the spiritual lessons of raising our children in two sections. In this chapter, we will examine the years up until they go to school. Then in the next chapter, we will address the school years. The lessons of the infancy for the parent. No sooner do we arrive to our front door with our bundle of joy than our lifestyle changes. Just the fact that we feed our infants on a schedule, not subject to our um, circadian rhythm, is a huge shift. As we move from being individuals in our own right to being in the service of our infant, our boundaries elasticize beyond anything we could have imagined. To draw upon our capacity to love and serve an another is both deeply moving and a shock. In the infant stage, the primary spiritual agenda revolves around oneness and togetherness. 
This is when the deepest bonding takes place. The child and parent infuse each other, rhythmically synchronizing their body and mind to the other. The child's breath, breath, cries, and gaze matched with the parent's original biological and psychological signature, creating a new template. The parent's mindset, including fantasies, fears, inhibitions, and courage, are registered in the infant's body at a cellular level. Everything is stored, enriching the blood, making the skin smoother, strengthening the muscles. The way a child's parent busts into laughter or smile, only hesitatingly welcome the rain on their face or run for cover, embrace their fears or cower. Cower in shame, invite challenges or succumb to doubt, panic or calmly soothe their infant when it cries. All of this is noted by the infant who is soaking it in. This is where the bricks and mortar of the infant's sense of self are laid, and where the parent first forms its identity as a caregiver and nurturer. Infancy is about psychological security and physical comfort. The child learns the first vowels of his spiritual language and inscribes the first imprint of his spiritual signature. How its parents or early caregivers respond to its mainly physical needs and create a sense of oneness sets the stage of all later parent-child dynamics. Not yet possessing a clear sense of what its physical boundaries are, the infant needs to be kept close to its parents or caregivers' bodies in order for it to feel secure. And protected. In this way, it learns to trust its external wall and develop a sense of security. Through give and take, child and parent learn how to be in a symbiotic union, each contributing to the other's growth. Although it appears the relationship is mostly one way, with the parent serving the infant, it is through our constant serving that our infant affords us access to our spiritual depths. The demands of caring for an infant cause us to dip into our core, where we discover that we do indeed have the capacity to give, serve, and nurture with the intensity required. Thus, our infants show us our ability to transcend our own selfish wishes and become present for another. In this way, infants are reflections of our deeper humanity. In this stage, it is as if our being were saying to that of our child, "I no longer know where you begin and I end. Days and nights blend into a haze of brilliance and fatigue. I am elastic, rubble, and waxed. I bend to your will with no resistance, no boundary, transparent like glass. Even when you ain't with me, I'm with you, imagining you. There is no moment in which I exist." Separate from you, a journey of self-discovery. Whatever images we may have held of what the parenting journey would be like, fantasies of rosy moments filled with the sense of our infants' bodies, the undeniable pleasure of holding them, the feeling of having created a sense of family and continuity, when parenthood des- descends upon us, we find our fantasies crashing around us daily. Because an infant needs a caregiver twenty-four-seven, the early years of parenthood are as exhausting as they are exhilarating, as ordinary and routine as they are spe- spe- spectacular. To give to our infant on demand 
is an enormous psychological and emotional responsibility that has the potential to drain us for energy and sanity, especially if we have no additional help. If we are also juggling a, a career, it can exhaust us beyond all conceivable limits, pushing us to our psychological edge. As we discover that our time no longer belongs to us, we come to the profound realization that our very life is no longer ours to call our own. Sometimes, sorry, someone else is in the driver's seat. Someone else needs more pressing. The relationship we share with our infant can only be inscribed as a deeply intimate, energetic dance in which souls unite and destinate much. As we open to this realization, with teeny steps, our infant then welts us straight to our core. We fill with a new intensity: love, guilt, fear, heartache, confusion, insecurity, unbelievable exhaustion. Never having had to care for another being in this way, we are thrust into the orbit of incessant giving, which confronts us with both our highest and lowest self. We discover parts of ourselves we didn't know existed. Our capacity to love, give, and serve. And correspondingly, our desire for control, power, appreciation, and perfection, since infants live in the moment, free of any agenda or desire to manipulate, we can't hold onto fantasies of what should be happening if we are to engage with them, because for an infant, each moment is radically new. There is no agenda and no predictability. Up for hours one night and sound asleep the next. Colicky and irritable one moment, a gurgling in delight the next. A baby's first six months especially mandate that we open ourselves to constant upheaval and chaosus until a routine develops. Infancy is truly, and is what it is. Is truly and is what it is. Landscape, where being attached to wishing it where otherwise is a hopeless quest, and huge waste of energy. As helpless as infants may be, it is. It is they who are in full control of their schedule and needs. We exist simply to serve. In serving, we do ourselves a service. Through the daily tending of our baby, we discover the boundless expand expands of our heart, touching upon our limitless capacity for compassion, and an unconditional love. Because we are unaccustomed to living in the present moment, and unused to being attuned to the needs of another in such an intense manner. The invitation to become present for our infant is challenging, addicted as we are to our incessant focus on our own needs. To be present for our infant can be intimidating, overwhelming. Those who muster the courage to take up the challenge discover that the act of giving loosens their grip on their ego, offering them a chance to live in a zone of non-self. As our children take us beyond our ego's narrow needs, we become intimate with our potential for selflessness. We own our capacity for selflessness. To own our capacity for selflessness is particularly crucial during this stage of 
our children's development because an infant's reflection in its parents' eyes is its only validation of its inner experience. Imagine if the infant is upset, and instead of reflecting back concern, the mother begins to laugh or begin or becomes angry. Such a child experiences severe dissonance, becoming confused. If its parent empathizes it with through their reassuring tone or voice and secure embrace, the infant feels validated in its emotion, and will allow itself to be calmed. In this way, it learns to be centered. Due to our own mental preoccupations, at times we may simply be unable to respond to our infant authentically. We may be too worried about our own problems to be truly present with our child. For instance, if we're sad about something, we may be unable to reflect back a sense of joy. At such a time, we may find ourselves asking, "How can I claim you when I'm a storm inside?" <clears throat> Excuse me. How can I return your smile when I'm weeping within? How can I soothe your fear when I quiver myself? How do I let you find yourself when I myself am lost? Such times are bound to descend upon us occasionally. Rising an infant often demands we put out our throbbing headache, aching heart, or in- injured spirit on the back burners for the time being and focused on our child's needs. At such time, the way out of our pain is through it. We simply allow our pain to be what it is, and just be with it to the best of our ability. Parenting consciously isn't about getting it right all the time, but about evolving together. Children are immensely forgiving, and neither are they irreparably damaged by those times when we come up short. On the contrary, they learn to accept their own limitations to seeing us accept ours. When we serve our children in a reasonably consistent manner, respectful of their dignity as our spiritual partners and friends, we enter a state of humility and gratitude. We give back because we have received so much. In so doing, we create a circle of lasting kinship and spiritual regeneration. A chance to recover your rhythm. With a baby, we need to be there when it is thirsty, hungry, cries, needs changing, wishes to play, wants to go to sleep. This can be challenging, especially for those of us who are attached to traditional ways of living and relating, which are centered on verbalizing, intellectualizing, and performing. Infancy is anything but these, because infants operate not in the realm of the verbal and intellectual, but in a dreamlike existence suspended between sleep and wakefulness. Neither here nor there, we are unable to communicate with them through traditional means, which makes our task all the more challenging. To respond to this challenge requires us to suspend our previous ways of knowing and relating, and instead. Enter our infant's pure energy. An infant exposes us to a rhythm of life that has been lost to us. The need to experience oneness with our infant requires us to look at this early stage as a time of slowing down, 
We have to still ourselves and hold ourselves steady while we nurse our baby, rock it to sleep, or change yet another diaper. A period of non-productivity, this stage in our child development, asks us to drop our attachment to where we have been or are going. Instead, clamoring for our realization that this moment here, right now, is the only moment of relevance. A baby invites, "I am here. Be here with me." To be fully present to our infant's need requires us to rank all other demands with a lower priority. Only by complete surrender to our changed situation can we embrace the beauty of the place we are now. Those of us who respond discover there is nothing of greater significance—not our hobbies, friends, lifestyles, or career. Because of an infant's low pace and teeny development, we are challenged to change the speed, intensity, and directions of our entire way of living. We quickly realize that. Success in an infant's life is measured in an entirely different way. A big thing is a smile, the shaking of a leg, or holding a rattle. These are milestones. For some parents, reconfiguring their sense of big and savoring the teeny and ordinary can be a leap indeed. Yet it is in this dismantling of ego from its attachment to the extraordinary, the wonderful, the dramatic. And the loud that our infants offer us our most needed spiritual lessons, in their ability to draw us into an attentive state of receptivity, focused on their little bumps, sides, soft and non-resisting bodies, miniature fingernails, and wide-eyed gaze, we learn to enjoy the abandoned extraordinariness of the simple moment. No staged. In your children's development, offers you a better opportunity to learn a power of moment by moment, being then thus infancy, unparalleled in its ability to take the most ego-driven parent to a deeper state of soul, even if only for a few moments at a time. The parent emptiness of just being with your infant is rich with spiritual fullness. This is your window for changing your spiritual vibration. Infants. By their ability to engage in the world in such simple yet awakened ways, compel us to enter into a state of engaged presence. Our infants ask us to cool with them, make faces that mirror theirs, and hold them close for no reason other than that they wish to be close. If they understood our language, we might say to them, "We demand I look at you with complete attention, toss aside my weariness, worries." Preoccupations and be fully here, body, mind, and soul. I never knew this could be so incredibly difficult. If you fail to embrace the spiritual lesson of the first year of your child's life, you lose the opportunity to assess new parts of yourself. Holding fast to your established ways, we commit only a piece of yourself to this venture. To truly be able to assess the jewels of this deeply spiritual stage of your child's development. You need to take a deep breath, and plunged into the ocean. The degree of internal transformation you experience will be directly proportional to how deeply you immerse yourself. Once you are able to enter the sacred space of infancy with a reverence for its spiritual significance, you will reap the fruit. Not only will your infant grow, but you will grow. 
as you're exposed to a different way of being through which you are unable to connect not only with your infant but also with yourself. You will uncover your deep connection to all life. You will be exposed to what it really means to live in the present, unencumbered by the past and unfettered by tomorrow. Toddlerhood, toddlerhood, a planet, all its, all its own. In the emerging dance of individuality and oneness, separateness and togetherness. Our children first learn to enjoy simply being in the secure embrace of the parent cocoon. As they move toward the age of two, they increasingly begin exploring the individuality and separateness. Separateness. Then, in the school years, they slowly learn how to put being a part of the world and being individuals within the whole together in a balanced way. As the child's desire to express its uniqueness kicks in, it hurries a, a trying time for parents. Children in the twos can be exasperating, draining us of patience. We tell them to go here and they go there. We tell them up and they choose down. We tell them no and they screamed or wail until we experience unbecoming fantasies of what we would do with them if we only could get away with it. Unpredictable and impetuous, manipulated and attention-seeking, they can be moody, sullen, clingy, defiant, rowdy, and tempestuous. We spend hours taking them to activities, arranging fun times with friends, preparing for their birthday party, and yet they are ungrateful and exploitive. Raveners in their greed, they love us when they want something, whereas the next moment, it is as if we didn't exist. Toddlerhood is a planet all its own. Nothing prepares us for the onslaught of its wrath, or the undaring confusion of its budding independence. Reactions seemingly emerged out of nowhere, then either disappear just as fast, or linger on and on through lunch, playtime, and dinner. The child who's perfectly angelic one minute can turn into a raving lunatic the next. The sweet-tempered Todd can become a finger-biting terror in an instant. The toddler isn't just emotionally volatile, but often maddeningly inconsolable. Though a toddler's fears are primarily imagined, they are perceived as so very real. A toddler has the most remarkable ability to. Remember what it wants and to persist until its demands are met. Yet it has the amazing ability to ignore the things in which it has no interest. Just about everything in a toddler's life is over the top, over the top frustration and over the top excitement. Toddlerhood is a chaotic phase of the child's life, both emotionally and physically. Messy, undefined, disorderly, ever-changing, and unpredictable. There are no neat and tidy answers here. No broom is wide enough to sweep away the dust, grit, and grubbiness of toddlerhood. While this phase often feels impossible for both parent and child, it's truly magnificent, magnificent to witness. This is the phase in which the child sends a self-beat. Begins to blossom as it begins to explore its creativity, curiosity, and independence. Toddlers are spectacular 
invincible in their fantasies, limitless in their potential. They want to fly high in the sky, sail the seven seas, explore the world, and stay awake until dawn. When a child begins to understand itself as a separate being with unique desires, it is unrevealing moment for both parent and child. A toddler's ability to separate from your secure embrace rests heavily on your ability to release it from your claps. The manner in which you negotiate the delicate dance between letting go and still being present determines how easily your toddler will be able to define itself as both connected to you and separate from them. As the initial symbiotic bond is released and space created for parents and child to intermingle as individuals, a child's unique identity begins to flourish. As this identity blossoms, you are likely to find yourself thinking your temperament is busting forth, it shakes, rattles, and astrouts me. You're truly your own person. Any illusion I had that you were my creation is dissolving. Like infancy, this stage of development presents parents with an opportunity for their own spiritual development. The first mandate of this stage is to recognize who your youngsters is going into, as opposed to who you think your child ought to become. To this end, truly connecting with the spec with the particular temperament of its unique individual is crucial. Toddlerhood is a tricky stage indeed. It is the first time a child is able to exercise authority over its world. In its quest for self-discovery, the toddler will bump into plenty of external obstacles. However, its greatest hindrance will be the obstacles it faces in the grist of our unrealistic expectation. In its journey toward independence, what little a toddler can do for itself is often denied it by our impositions. We seldom allow it to be in charge of its own progression. Instead, we either push our children all the time or we hold them back. When we hoover, pot, and cajole to get the results we think matter, making our toddler kiss people they may not want to kiss, asking them to perform like puppets so the world can see how smart we parents are, and demanding they be responsible when they may not be ready, we rob them of their spontaneity. Imagine being a toddler in today's complex world. Everything is fast-paced and multi-layered. It is so easy to forget that toddlerhood is all about open spaces and empty boxes, about unleashed imagination and unencumbered play. In our hurry to see our children walk, talk, and potty train themselves, we miss the delight of staying in the, in the moment. Toddlerhood doesn't offer us secure places in which to side and rest, as while toddlers swing from clingy and whiny to brazen and defiant, constantly reeling us into their world of need, and tossing us aside once they have been nurtured. They teach us not to attach ourselves to any fixed set of ideals and expectations, because the hallmark of toddlerhood is constantly evol evolution. I mean, toddlerhood is constant evolution. One of the major spiritual challenges for parents with a toddler is to live in the unknown, the state of pure discovery. We can only do this if we are comfortable straddling what was and that which is still evolving. If we are wise, we learn to live in the unknown, for life with a toddler is a constant invitation to the spontaneous, undefined, and unimagined.
responding to the moment in an ingenious way at every instant, our toddlers invite us to bravely embrace new worlds, challenging us to be fearless in the creation of a more authentic identity for ourselves. As we watch our toddlers' insatiable curiosity for life, we are reminded that we too can engage the moment with full abandon, living in wonder and awe. Toddlerhood is the time to sow the seeds of containment. Containment. Okay, we're almost done. Just as we must allow our toddler to exercise its right to limitless adventure, we must also provide it with an understanding of its limits. Nested between infancy and childhood, this stage know no logic or reason. Everything occurs at an instinctual level, which means that impulses often run amok. A muck. I don't know what this is. A M U C K muck. Imposing a sense of guidance amid all this energetic discharge is a challenge. But this is the stage in which we must sow the first real seeds of containment. Thoughts that come to us at this stage in our child development run something like: "You're testing me constantly. Discover how far you can push before I yield. How loud you can swing before I stop you. How badly, how bratty." You can be before I rush to. You're discovering the boundaries of your world. At times, I hesitate to let you know that you come with limits. I see your desire to be a superhero, and you full your full faith that you are. I want to let your imagination be on fire. Let I yet I must also stop you and tell you that no matter what you believe, you cannot fly out of the window. As the first foray into the realm of boundaries, containment, and negotiation, toddlerhood can be as much about a battle of wills as can the teen years. How are we to best impose limitations on our toddler's curiosity when a situation becomes dangerous? Where does the line get drawn? How much is too much? How little? Too little? The parent quickly realizes that the needs of a toddler are vastly different from those of an infant. When the first "no" is uttered by the parent and metabolized by the child, the idea of acceptable and unacceptable behavior is introduced. Whether this "no" is appropriately delivered and consistently applied sets the stage for all later behavior dynamics between parents and child. Unlike in infancy, our role as parents is no longer simply to nurture and be, but it's also about being firm, consistent. And if this is what is demanded of us on occasion, the bad guy, if we fail to sow the seeds of containment when our children are toddlers, we will find it all the more difficult to do so when they are twelve. Containment, which is a topic we will cover in depth in much a later chapter, requires building muscles of awareness. Discipline is ultimately all about the creation of moment by moment awareness. To the degree this is in the for- forefront of our mind, we are able to function as our tallest containers in a manner that is spiritually、uh, regenerative, exercising our authority in a conscious, engaged, and nurturing way. For instance, when our toddler throws a tantrum, we can either walk away, assumes we are in a place it is safe to do so, or we can stay very present and calmed, simply bearing witness. Which route is most beneficial in a particular situation depends on how we judge.
or toddler or tolerate our actions, which will be dependent on their developmental level and individual personality. Either route offers the possibility of alerting our toddlers that it has boundaries. A keen awareness will guide us as to which approach to take. What do I mean by containment? When a toddler bites something it isn't supposed to or throws a tantrum, we need to bring its focus to this and say, no, this isn't okay. You may find we're constantly saying no, but don't believe for a moment that this is an exercise in fertility. Though it's important to be gentle, we must be consistent and firm in laying down boundaries, mindful of the fact that our toddlers still exist in a somewhat dreamlike state. We don't want to shock it out of this state, yet we do need to start building a container within which it will live. It is essential to realize that a toddler only kicks and bites us because it doesn't know how to say, I'm mad at you. Though it, though it cries and frills as if we have deprived it of food for months, what it is really saying is, help me, I am miserable. If displays of emotion frighten you and make you anxious, you will be unable to help your toddler cope with its internal world. This means teaching your toddler how to deal with the emotions that rise in its body when it's denied something it wants. Thankfully, our child's vocabulary is now expanding exponentially. Using the bridge of language, combining role-playing and storytelling, you can invite your toddler into the world of imagination and help it make sense of its world. As you do so, your toddler learns that it can survive intolerable emotions and return to a centered calm. Even though toddlers want to believe they can climb mountains and reach the moon, the truth is that they simultaneously feel helpless in the face of the enormity of life. To alleviate this feeling, Toddlerhood needs to be a time during which routines are further established and boundaries more firmly set. As the schedule evolves, toddlers learn to walk, talk, eat without our having to feed them, potty train themselves, and sleep in their own bed. In due course, as they attend preschool, they were separate further from us as their parents. Having enjoyed oneness with, with us is the first year or so of life and explore their individuality as toddlers. Our youngsters are now ready to begin the journey of learning to be both separate and connected in the wider world around them. Thus, it, it, it is they enter the school years. And with these years come fresh opportunities for us as parents to develop spiritually alongside them. So this is the end of chapter seven, and I think so far, um, my favorite chapter. It is talking about toddler infancy and how a two-year-old behave that make you go crazy. Mm, yep. So, uh, the conscious parenting by Doctor Sifali. You can also find her on Facebook. Uh, searching Sifali, S-H-E-F-A-L-I, and she posted short videos um, relates to her practice. And I find this book very helpful, not only for those who are parents and also for those who want to learn about what is it like 
um, to to go through a childhood that you cannot remember, etc. So thank you for listening. So my name is Sophia, and、uh, I will see you tomorrow. Bye bye.